Hello, and welcome to the Movie Spotlight on the Comic Book Page Podcast. My name is John Mayer. In this episode, we'll have a spoiler-filled discussion about a movie we think you'll enjoy. In this episode, I'm joined by my sister, and we're going to have a spoiler-filled discussion on the Golden Compass movie from 2007. Now, this is a movie adaptation of the same His Dark Material books that His Dark Material... Well, it was a three-book series. Right. That was the basis of the show we've done the three seasons on. This is an adaptation of what I believe is most of the first book. Exactly. The Golden Compass, which was originally under the title Northern Lights. Which, that aspect alone intrigues me. In terms of, okay, Golden Compass would be the alethiometer, but Northern Lights would be the dust, would be seeing the city in the Northern Lights. Yeah. To me, that's very different than Golden Compass. I think what he set out to write, and what was perhaps the first book, and then the I can turn this into a series, and realizing that the objects of power were that avenue. As opposed to being fascinated by the multiverse. The Northern Lights was the I want to explore the multiverse. Yeah, but what would you have called a second or third book based on that? Whereas you've set up the Golden Compass, you get the Subtle Knife, you get the Amber Spyglass. Now, one of the, the big absences here in this movie versus the first season, no will. Agreed. That entire character of Will, who was in the first season of his Dark Material, but in a, a off on literally his own world doing his own thing, mm-hmm. and dovetails in at the second season. He was absent. The Mysterium agent that was going to and from Will's world and Lyra's world was absent. And there were a couple of things between the movie and the first season of his Dark Material that I'm not going to say it was beat for beat or whatever, but it was very clear. They pulled from the exact same source material, everything from the look of, of York's armor and mm-hmm. such, to when certain plot points happened. It's like, yep, we're at this point, we're at about the second episode, the third, you know, that kind of a thing. But then there were some spots where it diverged substantially, mm-hmm. making me question, were either faithful adaptations, was one more faithful than the other, were there certain things in the book that maybe when we read it, we realize, yeah, you kind of got to change that? Because like, how- Lyra gets into the experimental stuff, uh, the lab and stuff in the north, how she gets in there, how she and why she gets rescued, very different. Yeah. And part of it is when you've got a roughly two-hour movie, I think this was a little less, you've only got so much time. Mm-hmm. When you've got an eight-episode streaming season, you've got about four times as much time. Yeah. It's still, you've got to use it wisely. But I think here, they set up Lee Scoresby better. Yes. I liked Sam Elliott's version. I mean, Lin-Manuel Miranda, he did good. Yeah. Sam Elliott did better. But I think Sam Elliott had better script material. Better script and a deeper background in the Texan aspect. Yes. I mean, Sam Elliott brings baggage that was to the character's advantage. Yes, yes. They cast to type and it worked. You know, but the other thing is, for instance... When he meets Lyra, he sees her with the alethiometer and 
Basically, it's he needs something and sees how he can spin her to his advantage. His Elise Gorsby's introduction in the story is very different between the two mm-hmm. because we see him at the bar, I think, in yes. the show first. So how we're introduced to him, how he's introduced to Lyra, how those interactions go, how York kind of gets pulled in and whatnot. I think it played good on the show, but in a number of cases better here. In the show, it was a great scene between Lee and Lyra there in the bar. Mm-hmm. But here, it was better development for Lee as a character. Yes. I think they sold the character of Lee a little better here, but he had more time to be developed in the show, which is interesting. They established him out of the gate in a really great way here. Mm -hmm. Whereas in the show, when we first meet him, he's a bit obnoxious and annoying. Well, they almost did too much of a slow burn with him there. And they established him... Pretty much as a failure at what he's trying to do. Yeah. Whereas here, he almost plays Lyra. Yep. Whereas in the show, I think Lyra more plays him. It's subtle differences, but it makes a big difference. Yeah. Here, he realizes he can't get what he needs. He can't accomplish what he needs to do. But Lyra can, and he's willing to pay for it with time, with effort, by helping her back. Mm Mm-hmm. But he spots that aspect of her almost immediately. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Well, the other thing that I think was very different about the two, the show and the movie, is both start with almost an opening preamble and stuff. In the TV show, it was text. Mm -hmm. Here, we get a much lengthier voiceover explaining in kind of our world, there are people, but and then we go through a, a hole in time or hole in space mm-hmm. into their world, and we get the demons, and we get all of this, and we get a much better explanation of things going in. We do. It, it explains that the bears don't have demons, and establishes a lot of things for us up front. Well, and setting up, we've got the people of the land, we've got the gypsums of the sea, yeah, and the bears of the ice, yeah. It's like, oh, we've got these three different groups. Mm-hmm. And such, in a way that the show was just giving us the bare bones, we have to understand the demons. Mm-hmm. And even that, we didn't really have a context for, or a why are you telling me this kind of a thing. It- the show was hoping that over the course of eight hours, we would make these discoveries. The movie realized in only two hours, we don't have time to discover these things. They've got to, out of the gate, establish the rules of the world for us. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I think that's the trick to starting any narrative where the rules and almost the laws of physics to a degree are fundamentally different. You can't wait too long to do that because the further into the story we get, the more we're just assuming, unless told otherwise, it's just like our world. Mm -hmm. And what I found fascinating about the movie, particularly the way the camera kind of goes through that rip in space between worlds... That's something that we get nothing about the subtle life in this movie whatsoever. Mm-hmm. You asked if the first book is Northern Lights, what I would call the second book, I would call it Nexus World. If I'm not calling it for the object of power, cell yeah. life, yeah. then really the second book was about that Nexus World and how you had to pass through there to get anywhere else. Mm-hmm. And as you say, when we went through that window between worlds... We went straight from one to the other, and it was a gorgeous shot. Yeah. Well, and the other thing I think they did a bit more blatantly here 
than in the show was when a person dies, their mm. demon, it goes out almost like a, f- you know, fire kind of yeah. effect. It's mm-hmm. not flames, but it's got the sparkly red hot aspect. It's very obvious somebody died versus in the show, it, it just kind of goes into like dust and scatters to the wind. But I think the show was a very conscious decision of ashes to ashes, dust to dust. Oh, I think so. But imagine how if this had gone to plan with the movie and they got the other two to finish out the whole narrative, how we would get in that third one, they're, they're conquering death, so to speak, or doing the prison break. Everybody's filing through that thing. And you would have what mm-hmm. seemed like a, a, an eternal flame to a degree. Yeah. So I think that could have been interesting. It also would have explained why the scholar seemed to be looking towards where the window had opened. Yeah. Because the, the dust on the wind didn't seem visible at a distance versus this effect of the flaming dust would have been. Yeah. We did not get to see Jordan College as much in the movie again. Mm-hmm. Quarter of as much screen time available. And they changed who uh, put the poison in the wine. Yes, yes. Well, but some of that comes down to we cut down how many people at the college we know mm-hmm. to really just the master. We've cut down how many members of the Mysterium we really get to know. Mm-hmm. And they really, uh, well, they cut down how many of the local townsfolk we know. Because really, Billy Custer was the only one, him and his mother. But in the show, we got like an older brother kind of figure and mm-hmm. a few like that. But we saw Billy Costa playing with Roger and Lyra. Yes. Which we didn't actually see in the show. Correct. Correct. They knew of him, but the fact they did was a little surprising, even though we had seen his coming of age ceremony or whatever it was with his- uh, His brothers. It, yeah, with his brother's demon solidifying or whatever yeah. they call it. Yeah. So I get where- when you've got, I'm not even sure how many pages the book is, but any book, be it 200, 300, certainly if it's one of these massive tomes, which I don't think this was, I've seen some that are in the five, 600 or more category, you've got to pare it down to film it. Mm-hmm. You've got to streamline it. You've got to go through the exercise of how many of these characters are essential to the plot. And can we take a few of these that are needed, but not essential, and maybe merge them together? I yeah. remember- going and watching the Lawnmower Man film in college with a friend of mine. We were both going through the film and TV courses at the time. So we watched it and had dinner afterwards, and we were talking about how, because if you've seen that movie on like DVD or Blu-ray or whatever, you're seeing a movie that's like 45 minutes longer. And what they had taken out of the theatrical release made a number of characters seem completely superfluous. And we spent the entire meal thinking, well, you could have taken these two, merged them together. You didn't need this other character. Why didn't you do this? You could have, if you'd done this in the writing stage, had a coherent movie. Mm -hmm. But I watched it years later on DVD or Blu-ray, or well, it would have been DVD at the time. Blu-ray wasn't around. And I remember watching and thinking, oh, that's the story they were trying to tell. And when you take something that we watched roughly eight hours of on the show, condense it to a little under two hours. And I felt, I mean, obviously they didn't have all the plot points, all the nuances and stuff, but I didn't feel they missed major aspects that were essential to Lyra's story. They certainly changed a few things, particularly near the end. Mm -hmm. They ended, I think, a good story chunk before the first season ended. Mm -hmm. 
But I think you needed to, when you're doing this as a singular film with the hope of getting more. Yeah. And they they left with that feeling of there's more adventure to be had. We're on our way to the next adventure. But not leaving it on a this story is undone. Yeah. Whereas if they had ended on the same note that the first season of the show did, it would have been very unsatisfying. Just yeah. like the show would have been if it never got a second season. Yeah. Which I'm sure some people might have been afraid of depending where the pandemic hit. Because mm. I know it started in 2019, finished in 2023. I just don't know when that second season aired. Yeah, I don't know. So it's very interesting to watch two different adaptations of the same story and to see it's like, okay, the character they got for Roger, mm -hmm. the actor, same description. Yeah. You know, I see it, it looks it, it fits. More or less the same for Mrs. Coulter. There were a few others. Again, on the Mysterium side, the, the lead cardinal or whatever it mm -hmm. was. Yeah, pretty much the same. But I didn't really feel we got to know almost any of the, the secondary Mysterium members. I agree. But again, the show had so much more time to, to fill that out. When I feel the Mrs. Coulter character was one of the ones that got the short end of the script. Oh, absolutely. Because her involvement with the experimentation up north is, we're told that, we're never really shown that. Mm -hmm. The slow burn of how she's trying to control Lyra and stuff kind of got rushed through. Mm -hmm. The reveal that she is Lyra's mother was just handed to the character versus the character figuring it out. Mm -hmm. But again, you, you didn't have the time in the movie for that. The... Is she truly evil? Is she self-serving? Where is she on the ethical scale? None of that, I don't want to say was really there, but it, it was just so somewhere between rushed and glossed over. Glossed over, I think, is the right term because seeing how nuanced, not nuanced, seeing how much more there is to the character in the show, I didn't feel there was a ton to get out of the character here. Nicole Kidman did fine with the role, but... For me, I'd say she did fine with what she was given, but they... She didn't have the same level of script to work with yeah. that the TV show provided. Absolutely, I agree with that. I mean, you look at what the scripts that Ruth Wilson was given, and there was just so much in there. She was... Well, when she takes Lyra under her wing, and she's got her sitting at the table educating her. Mm-hmm. Kind of the, I know you were at Jordan College, and I know they were educating you, but you know you are a woman who is going to be truly learned. Well, we got a montage or two here to kind of shoot through getting her the, the nicer clothes, stuff like that. But the two differences I see, one, they had a scene on the rooftop with Lyra and Roger, and Lyra being defiant of, I am not a lady and never will be. Yes. That puts the character on a different path that makes the the getting her the nicer clothes and stuff like that, even more odd. I think they felt that set up the she's trying to control me. Because Miss Coulter's trying to force me to be someone I don't want to be. Yeah, yeah. I just think the way they set up the Lyra character in the show with her and Roger racing through the school and stuff, seeming to be a bit more isolated from the other kids, whereas in the movie, mm -hmm. they're playing with all the other kids, they're part of that group and stuff like that. Yeah. I just think that that sets a lot up in just different trajectory. But there were a number of times, and I know I commented this probably on every season episode we did of, of His Dark Material, 
where they would have these spots where it's like, let's slow the thing down. Just stand there dramatically. We'll let the camera linger. Yes. Two hour movie. No time for that. Yeah. Go. And I think that changes the Mrs. Coulter character a lot. Yeah, it does. Because you can't have her looking just kind of menacing or creepy or whatever. The closest we got was in the airship when she had the fight with her demon. And then she cuddles the demon in apology as she's looking out the window. Yeah, that's the closest we got. And really what got me about that was I was sitting there while it's on thinking... Green screen is such that her pale skin is fading into the white mountaintops. And it's hard to truly get what I'm supposed to get out of the scene as a result. 2007 movie. Yeah. So effects of the time were good. Yeah. But there were a few times, like when we first get them in the airship flying into, I guess, London, and we're seeing the reflection of London on the glass of the airship as we're kind of cameras going in. The reflection was so pronounced. Mm, mm -hmm. It's like, I, I want to see them. And there was also when Lyra is with the King of the Bears, and she's saying, oh, I am Yorick's demon and such, and she's standing and the bear's circling her. There was something about that where the compositing mm. was just a little off. There was one scene when she was talking to Lord Asriel down in the grassy area at Jordan College. That I couldn't help but wonder, did we have to do a pickup shot and reshoot his angle on this conversation? Because suddenly the building behind him was blurred kind of funny, like we might have mm. gone to a green screen behind him. That could be. That could be. And it was just, things were just a tiny bit off. And it was funny because so much of what they did was so beautiful. That that's why certain things like that jumped out at me. Well, it's funny, though, because as we were watching the movie, we get to one of the shots with Azrael in the north. Mm -hmm. Oh, here's the majestic scenery. And I, I commented to yeah. you, it's nice and all, but they did so much better on those shots in the show. Okay, now, yes. When I say beautiful, I didn't actually mean the scenery for once, which is ironic. But my point was, some of this on the technical side... Mm -hmm. 14-year difference or yes. what have you, got it, 10 years at least. You're going to do better green screening, all that kind of a stuff. Shots of, of nature and whatnot probably would have been easier in 2007 than today. But you have to pick your locations. Yes. And, yeah. Pick but, your locations, have the budget, etc. But the director for the movie had a, or presumably the director, the writers, someone, had a slightly different take from the book on that world than the TV show people did. And by that, I mean the TV show had, as you put it, a very 1940s feel. Yes, yes. Okay, whereas the movie had a whole different take on the horseless carriage, for instance. This world of Lyra's seemed to be, I'm trying to think what's the right term, because when we get the horseless carriage, it looks like almost a Victorian arid carriage. But in place of the horse, there's this almost gyroscopic thing with a glowy thing inside of it, like it's some kind of a magic power source or whatever. Yeah. It's not magic. It's not tech. And it's like spinning. Yeah, I loved it. It, it, was, it was beautiful. Fascinating. But you take that, you take the more modern attire, mm -hmm. you take the photography that Azrael had done, 
it doesn't feel like old school. We've got to go, you know, do the chemical bath on the plates mm-hmm. and all this stuff. It was like an orb or whatever. It seemed to have a super high res, almost moving image and such. Their technology is almost a, a fantasy-based sort of a deal. Well, going back to here, there's a blend of magic and science. And, well, like the airships. These were not the Hindenburg. Well, no, they were blimps and they had like jet engines on the side. Mm-hmm. Rocket-powered dirigibles or whatever, maybe. Well, and the glass cockpit-type yes. front. When I saw that, I was wondering, where is the pilot? You know, uh, probably just like on the horseless carriage in the back. Yeah, because I want him in the back of this big balloon blocking his view. That'll help on the parking. Yeah. They, they definitely made a lot of different decisions, and it does make me wonder, again, two things based on the same source material. When we get to that source material, how are things going to be described there? Which do we think either was more in the spirit of it or more to the letter of it or Mm -hmm. just made better decisions regardless? There were, I mean, visually, I enjoyed the Magisterium in the movie. I liked all the the glass doming and stuff. I I liked it. But the, the more austere Magisterium in the TV show, austere on the outside, kind of fancy on the inside. But with the, the not-quite-swastika logo? The logo was drastically different, but also the buildings were more rock, stone, marble. Yeah. That sort of ancient, yeah. you'll-stand-the-test-of-time building, versus this was New Age austere building. And it was also when we got to, in the north, that whole experimental mm. lab and stuff, the design of the two between the movie and the TV show were so both were good, mm-hmm. but so radically different. Mm-hmm. It was fascinating. Well, in the TV show, the Magisterium had the stained glass and everything, but it was it was like it was inside in interior rooms with lighting behind it. Yes, yes. It when we got the exteriors of the building, it was pretty much it's all rock or all stone yeah. or solid or whatever. Yeah, which I mean, when it's you protected. That's one way to say it. Closed off is another, yeah. Well, I was thinking kind of a, the the wealth is not on display for the masses. Yes, yes, yes. You're either in or you're out. Yeah. And there was an aspect to all of that that I kind of appreciated what was being shown, what was being displayed. Whereas there were times with the Magisterium in the movie where I was like, are we in a greenhouse? It definitely felt that way. There was a lot more natural lighting and stuff Mm -hmm. versus the almost tomb-like atmosphere in a few of them. I mean, at one point, it was like the shape of a cathedral, but all glass, and it was beautiful. Well, in the Mysterium itself, we had so much more time to get to know it in the show, Mm -hmm. and there was much more of religious connotations throughout the entire show, not just the Mysterium. Here, the Mysterium is the body of power. Mm -hmm. There is the authority. Mm-hmm. But that could just be the cultural authority, not like a religious yeah. authority. The only reason you would assume religious in the movie is because of the robes and the the necklaces that look like what the Catholic priests yes. wear. And I guess I'm finding that oddly humorous, having read the articles that say that a number of Christian denominations called for the boycotting of this movie. I think that had nothing to do with the movie based on what I've seen on the movie, because while the religious aspects 
I felt were very pronounced in the TV show, more so as it went on, certainly by third season. Yeah. Here, they call them the souls demons and such, but other than that, I didn't think there was any real blatant religious aspect to be had at all. Mm -mm. No, I mean, we, we skipped the original sin terminology. Yes. We got a little of the connotation of what the dust was and Mrs. Culture's explaining it and such. Yeah. But in vague enough terms that yeah. it's not a biblical reference of Eve or any of the sort. Yeah. Yeah. But it never pays to give a group of individuals, be it a religious group or racial group or any large, potentially organized group of people, a reason to dislike the story or message you're sending. Yeah. Because sometimes rightly, sometimes wrongly, they'll get up at arms and it won't do you very well. Yeah. I can see where they may have tried to go for future movies on this. I think a second movie would have had to almost have Will as the lead character mm-hmm. and then dovetail it into Lyra's story somehow. But if you do that, it feels awkward because, well, Lyra was the lead of this mm-hmm. this movie, wouldn't necessarily be in the second. So I, I almost feel they, they kind of worked themselves a little bit into a corner. Well, and the way they did that beautiful effect moving from one world to the other. Yeah. Either that window was created by a previous holder of the cell knife. That's the implication. Or... Well, I almost took it to be, granted it wasn't exactly in the right spot for it, but along the lines of the one that the guy from the first season was walking through to get to the two worlds. But that one went to Nexus World. Didn't at first. <laughs> it, it elongated and then I had... I don't know. That that it was just yeah. weird. And again, it makes me more curious about the source material. Yeah. So I, I enjoyed the film. I'm glad we watched it after the show mm-hmm. because I was able to kind of okay. Here's about where we are in the season mm-hmm. compared to the for the movie versus the thing, and know kind of what was coming. But they would veer in a few places and zig and zag a little. By and large, not radically, up until we get to the lab in the north, at which point I think a lot changed. Yeah, we we flipped the order of some plot points. People die at a point when people didn't die in the TV series. Well, and again, the reveal of Lyra's parentage. Yes. Very different. Yeah. And it was getting to the point of, okay, they're on the airship and stuff. They've got to end it here because if they go to the next scene or the next chunk of story in the 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 show where we get Azrael again, mm-hmm. stuff happens, and we end on a very decisive point. It makes for an unsatisfying movie ending. Yes, because TV shows you expect another season. Will mm-hmm. you always get it? No, of course not. Well, and this managed to end on a relatively upbeat note. All things considered. Yes, and again, like you said, more story to be had, another adventure to have, but. Not leaving this one feeling undone, mm-hmm. even if it's not 100% complete. And, I mean, I gotta give Lee Scoresby credit. He rode off into the sunset. Well, and his airship here looked more like a water boat held aloft by two big balloons versus essentially being a hot air balloon Yeah, in the show. Yeah. Not saying one was better than the other, but they, they had a different vibe to it. Yeah. So, again, how are some of these things described in the book? Mm-hmm. So we're going to have to find the time at some point to to go through the books. Yeah, the book is apparently 365 pages, thereabouts. Okay, so take a little bit of time to get through. Yeah. But doable with the caveat of 
is it a page turning 360 of bigger text or is it I, I've read a couple of books that I just sailed through. Yeah. Because man, it it's a light, breezy read. I've read a few others where, man, getting through a chapter, I'm done for the night, maybe the week, you know? Yeah. Isaac Asimov, brilliant writer, not a fast read, at least when I read it as a kid. At some point, I want to go through the foundation stuff, but that was one that I got maybe a book and a third through. And as enjoyable as it was, it was dense reading material. It was like walking through molasses or something. I imagine that this series would be in a much easier read, not to say it's a page turner or whatever. Well, I think this was written for teens, which That's why helps. I'm thinking it'll be a lighter, faster read. Yeah. So definitely we'll have to find the time for that. Yeah. Anything else? I think that does it. Cool. The show notes and form for this podcast can be found at www.comicbookpage.com under the podcast and forum sections of the website. Please email us at theguys at comicbookpage.com and let us know what you think of what was discussed in this episode. Thanks for listening.